you have been warned. This radio program is going to have bold topics for bold Christians. Welcome to Empowered Radio with Laurie Dims. The worst of times is the best of times right now. It's Tim's times. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining me today. Let me introduce myself. I'm Laurie L. Timms. I'm an author and a speaker. And it's my passion to reach the lost and form the church in these last days. Amen and amen. Today's topic is titled Accident Prevention Plan or APP for short. Now we've all heard the term before regarding it's like insurance. Uh, it's like a strategy and a plan. And the actual definition is of this as follows. The strategies, preparatory methods, and measures instilled to prevent accidents. You know, the accident uh, prevention in itself is used as an umbrella term that covers all the steps to reduce the risk of accidents to save lives and to mitigate the risk of injury to lessen its severity. Now, we're going to use this in... A spiritual sense here in just a minute but a good example of this is where my work history lies and that's in the medical field i was in the medical field 25 years ppe which is personal protective equipment gear is used to prevent accidents we saw a lot of this in action during covid 19 crisis you know gloves masks purifying respirators you know in the hospital venues and down to the smallest and mostly used hand sanitizer. Now that we covered this, let's go a little deeper here. And I mean spiritually. You know, the divine protection plan, that's what I call it, it's created by God and it is used for our daily protection. Now I'm going to go a different direction and show y'all, or you y'all, <laughs> I'm from the South, so I'll say y'all, the golden heavenly plan at its finest. Amen and amen. Now, there are five types of heavenly protection that God has ordained for his children. Number one, angels. You know, angels are dispatched when we're in trouble. We have angelic protection. And a great example of this is in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14 through 17. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it. You know, God sends his angels to protect Elisha from the Syrians. It was a diabolical plot by the king of Syria to capture Elijah the prophet. See what was happening to give you a little backstory. What was happening here is uh, the king of Syria uh, couldn't make a move without Elijah knowing about it because God would show him in dreams or visions the king in his uh, bedroom quarters making the plans with his uh, leaders, military leaders. And so he even said to his people, well, who is leaking the information? And they said, uh, no one, but it's Elijah. God is showing him what you're doing, your plans. So that's when he came up with this plot to capture Elijah. Verse 14, therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. See, so it was going to be a sneak attack here. 
the servant of the man of God arose early the next morning and went out and there was an army surrounding the city. You know, he was really freaked out. Uh, it, it surrounded the city with horses and chariots and his servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? So Elijah answered him, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with him. Eliza prayed and said, Lord, I pray to open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened up his eyes of the young man and he saw the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Eliza. It was so awesome. It was. Eliza was comforting the young servant with his truth. Don't worry. God's got us covered. That's basically what he's saying. It's heavenly backup, so to speak. And we have it too. It's easy to look at the world's chaotic mess. And boy, it's a mess. And look ahead. You know, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Just look ahead and focus on Jesus. Because, you know, our home is in heaven. It's not here. You know, I'm, I'm going to go off topic for just a minute, but I, you know, it's where people are so worried. And I just read that their plans are to cut all the grid off, all the electricity by 2030 and uh, or sooner. So you see, we will be plumbed into a third world country. I mean, and then all the people, you know, that, uh, taking the vaccine that are sick, you know, they get rid of all those people. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy what they're doing. It's diabolical to say the least. And they are evil control freaks. And I'm not going to get into that. That's another subject in itself. And I may do another Tim's times about what's going on behind the scenes. I haven't done that in a while, but I had to get off of that because it was vexing my spirit. It really was. And so I would rather just cast my cares on the Lord and just move forward and think about him and think about my assignment and what he wants me to do. Because remember, the Lord said, occupy until I come. So that doesn't mean to sit around and twiddle your fingers or thumbs, I should say, and not worry, you know, worry about everything that's going on. Or all you're thinking about is, well, Jesus will come. Jesus will come. Well, you know, we got things to do till Jesus comes. We're supposed to be reaching out to the lost. You know, we uh, time is running out for them. And and God is, wants them to be in eternity with him as well. So we need to do what we need to do. But you see, God's got us covered. Amen. And we need to look to Jesus. Because Jesus has got our back. Amen and amen. I'm glad he does. Now, I don't know how people live without the Lord because, you know, everything's going to happen in the next uh, few years if it lasts that long. It's just going to be so horrific. And, you know, if they're left behind and they don't get to go uh, in the rapture, they have no idea what they're facing. No idea. Because the Antichrist has no loyalty to any human whatsoever. And Satan hates humanity. He'll use them. 
you'll give them a little money, you'll give them a little fame, but what good is the fame and what good is the money when in the end, you know, you'll be in hell with him. So, you know, and they'll be torturing you. So it's not worth it. And you need to think about it because time is short and you need this protection. Amen. Now, the next, next type of protection on the Lord's plan is the blood of Jesus. You know, it's the most powerful weapon of protection that there is. You know, pleading the blood of Jesus scares the enemy and his demonic, his demonic forces. You know, it reminds him of our covenant. That's our promise and contract that we have with Jesus. And that he was defeated at Calvary's cross by the precious blood of Jesus. You know, Revelation 12, verse 11, and the NIV says, and they triumphed. And, you know, some different versions said they conquered, they overcame him, which is pretty much the same. They triumphed, they conquered, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb. There we go, the blood, and the word of their testimony. You see how powerful the precious blood is. Now, let me tell you a freaky story that's actually true. You know, truth is always stranger than fiction, as they say. You know, I heard a former high priestess of Satan. Uh, of course, he's saved now. But I heard him tell this account of the power of the blood of Jesus. There was his coven, a witch's coven in a small town. And one of the witch's neighbors, she was a Christian, found out about it, found out about the coven, and she was going to make it public. Now, this scared the witches because, you know, they, the one lady, the one witch came back and she goes, oh, they're going to shut us down. We're going to have to uproot and move. And now the police could be investigating us and, you know, this, that, this, that. We got to stop this. And so at the meeting, and he was there, at the meeting, they drew a circle put a pentagram in it, and they sat inside the circle. Now, this was supposed to keep them safe from the demonic spirits. Now, I don't know how anybody could worship that. That's just crazy and be scared of them attacking them. He was watching this all take place. The witches then began chanting and conjuring up a powerful entity to summon it to attack the neighbor. Okay. Now it wasn't long until this blue smoke came in the room and it shook the room, you know, and this demon with a loud, terrifying voice screamed, why have you called me? Well, then they told him about the next door neighbor and what their evil plan was, destroy her so we don't, won't have to close this coven down. Well, he agreed to go and kill this lady. Well, it left and it was gone for a while. And the witches just sat there patiently waiting. I think the uh, high priest said they were drinking coffee or something, you know, because it had been a while. And uh, then all of a sudden, the blue smoke reappeared and the building began to shake with force. It wasn't just the room. It was the whole building. Okay. And the demonic spirit was angered. And he said, why didn't you warn me of this woman that she was a Christian? She was covered by the blood of Jesus. 
and it burned me. Every time the demon would get close to her, it would burn her. She is protected. No one can harm her. This is what the entity said. The demonic spirit. Well, the entity left in a bad way, and the witches were indeed freaked out. See, the blood of Jesus is so powerful. Plead it over yourself. Plead it over your family, your house. Hey, I, in my apartment, I plead the blood over the north, east, south, and west of my apartment. Because it works. It works. And see, demons come in. They'll come in and watch you while you sleep. They watch you. They'll whisper all kinds of weird stuff. They interfere with your dreams. I mean, you know, people don't realize... Uh, that this is the this is a battle going on here. This is the end end of time. This is the last days. So it's a spiritual battle going on here. Uh, number three is a wall of fire and a hedge of protection. These are some other plans, strategies that the Lord has put forth for us. In Zechariah 2 5, it says, For I will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be in the midst of it. You know, Zechariah was building the temple and Israel's enemies, which we know is Satan, was continuing to stop and delay it. And he would, they would come in and try to destroy it and tear what he built down. Finally, God sent a messenger to Zechariah and it was a declaration. And that was when he said he was a, a wall of fire around about her. And he's the glory in the midst of it. Well, the wall of fire symbolically refers to God's protection and presence. God is an all-consuming fire. Now, it has been noted by scholars that as travelers in those biblical days who would kindle fires about their tents to keep off lions and other beasts of prey, God is promising us his protection. Now, I believe it actually could be a literal fire or a circle of fire in the spirit realm. Of course, we can't see it, but uh, in the spirit realm, they can see it. And this is a uh, literal circle of fire to ward off spiritual attacks and warfare. Now, hedge protection. Now, we've heard this term relating to the book of Job. He had a hedge of protection around him. Satan challenged God to remove the hedge from around Job so he would be vulnerable to his attack. Job 1 verse 10 through 11 says, Thou not hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and the substance is increased in the land. Verse 11. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. You see, the devil's always up to no good. That's what he does. And, uh, excuse me. I had to get something. I dropped something. <laughs> now, in the Dakes, Reference Bible, you know, I did a little research on this. Uh, 
Satan's statement really said that God withdraws his hand, hand of protection so that he could bring destruction to Job and his property. That's what Satan said. A spiritual head is a protective fence, a barrier around Job and his family. Job couldn't see it, but Satan could. Remember I said God would put that around us. We can't see it. You can't see it to the naked eye, but you get, you know, in the natural, but in the spirit realm, they can see it. And so we have access to this hedge too. But we have to live an obedient, righteous, or godly life as best as we can. You know, we're human. We're going to, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that we shouldn't. But we should uh, live within God's ultimate will and keep a repentant, humble heart. And this does come with a warning. And it says, Whosoever breaketh the hedge, the serpent will bite you. In other words, if there's a crack in your hedge, the serpent will bite you. And we know that the serpent is Satan. And he's looking for any crack or crevice that he can come into your life and torment you and hurt you. That's what he wants to do. And maybe every Christian has a hedge when they get saved. And if they sin, it cracks. It cracks, it cracks. A little more and more and more. We need to keep our hedge on track and intact. Amen to that. Now, number four, the voice of protection. Sometimes we hear an audible voice that warns and protects us. You know, I've heard many stories of divine interventions because they were warned to not go there. You know, don't get on the plane. You've heard this. They heard a voice that said, don't get on the plane. And the plane crashed later. There were multiple 9-11 accounts of warnings for people not to go to work that terrible day. Or not to, you know, get on the plane. Occasionally, I even hear my name called. I look around and nobody's there. Now, I believe it's my angel trying to get my attention. And what that's about, actually, is it's your angel wanting you to pray. It's time for you to sit down. The Lord wants to tell you something. Maybe give you some instructions and to stop what you're doing and spend time with the Lord. That's what that's about. And so you have to heed to that voice. Now, once when I was young in the Lord, I heard an audible voice that said, Lori, I immediately knew it was the Lord Jesus. Now, I don't know how I knew this. I guess in my spirit, it was confirmed. And I answered, yes, Lord. And he instructed me to wait on a plan that I was planning to build a spiritual uh, warfare website. The Lord was teaching me spiritual warfare, different precepts, things. And, uh, I, I was thinking, oh, well, I'll put on a website and different attacks. I'll show you how to fight the enemy. But, you know, I didn't really know that much back then. But I thought I did. You know how you are. When you learn something, you think you're the only one that knows it. But anyway, the Lord told me that I wasn't ready or mature enough or wise enough for that. He intervened. He might have seen an attack that 
could have came because of that. <coughs> Excuse me. I got a fan blowing over here and it's kind of giving me chills. Another time I had a job offer to be the nurse on a Christian housing group. Now, this was in Arizona. <coughs> I'm sorry, Lord. <clears throat> this was in Arizona. And it was right on the edge of the Indian tribal grounds. The Lord warned me in a dream that night not to take it. That was all that I needed to change my mind. You know, God looks out for us, as always, because we are his children. And he loves us dearly. Now, number five, this is the last one that I'm going to do today. Intercessors. God always calls on the prayer warriors. I know I've been awakened at three o'clock with an instruction to pray for a specific person. You know, once a long time ago, I knew a young man that had a drinking problem. You know, often when he got drunk, he'd start out happy. Then he would get depressed and talk about suicide. And he would say crazy things like, God hates me and God wants me to die. Now, I knew this was a lie, and it was from the pit of hell. Demons were just whispering these lies to him. And then he would get angry. So you see what was going on here. You know, demons that possess individuals usually come in clusters of two or three. That's why you can't cast it out. Say I was going to cast out the spirit of drunkenness. Well, I wouldn't get them all. I would just get one. And there would still be more there. Well, it's pretty apparent that a spirit of suicide was with the drunken spirit and anger. Well, as the story goes on, he went to a motel because actually I told him, I said, look, you got to rent a room or something. You got to get off the streets, you know, and I was worried about him. And this was many years ago. And, uh, and so he had the money. And so he went to the motel and he didn't have his ID. I don't know where his ID, if it expired or what the deal was with that. So he paid somebody, he knew somebody, and he paid for the room, and the guy rented it for him. He gave him the money. And then what happened is the guys went up there, they went up there in the room and drank or got high or whatever they did, I don't know. And they got angry at him, and they kicked him out and locked the door. And they and the uh, motel people wouldn't let him have the room because it wasn't in his name. So he was so mad. He was wandering around the neighborhood angry, threatening these guys. Well, he grabbed a hammer and started back toward the motel. Immediately, I got down on my knees and started interceding for him. It wasn't long until he came back and told me the strangest tale. Well, it was a true story. He said he took the hammer and was about to bash the windows out of their car when he heard a forceful voice behind him that said, no, put it down. Well, he stopped, he looked behind us, and he shook his head thinking, oh, well, it's just hearing things. And he continued to reach again for the hammer. And as he started to swing it again, he, he heard really loud, I said, no, don't do it. Well, it scared him so bad that he threw the hammer down and left. 
So you see, prayer does indeed change things. Amen. Now, I'd also like to conclude this topic with the ultimate intercessor for us, and that's Jesus. Romans 8.34 says, Who is he that condemneth? Is it Christ that died? Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. See, intercession is praying on behalf of others. Jesus is pleading our case before the judge in heaven. Jesus is our defense attorney. And praise God, he is. Amen and amen. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. And I hope you enjoyed that. And now, this is the time in the show that I like to give everyone an opportunity to get in right standing with the Lord. Now, if you've never taken the steps towards salvation, and maybe you have, but you've drifted away from your first love, and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, please agree with me now in your heart and your spirit while you say the sinner's prayer. Father God, I'm a sinner, and forgive me of all my sins. I believe that Jesus is your son and died on the cross and rose again on the third day. I need you today to be my Savior and to be Lord of my life. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Now, praise God if you made this decision. All the angels in the heaven are rejoicing, and your family members in heaven are rejoicing too. You have made the best decision of your life, and you will never regret it, only that you didn't do it sooner. Amen and amen. Welcome to the royal family. You are on the winning side. Praise God, and to God be all the glory. Now that you know the truth, let it empower your life. You know, you can't just uh, do the sinner's prayer and then go back to doing your life the way you used to because, you know, it's a new life. And the Holy Spirit has to help you to renew your mind and become, and you become a new creation or a new creature in Christ. And you have to kind of break away from the old way, you know, don't go to the bar anymore. Don't go to the pothead friends. Don't go do that anymore. Uh, find a church group or some people that love the Lord, a lot of house groups today, and uh, get a Bible, one that you can understand. Start reading it because this is when the Holy Spirit will change you. You know, read a chapter in the New Testament, a chapter in the Old Testament, and one in Psalms, and just read through. And, you know, if you get to a spot where it's a lot of, foreign names that are hard hard to understand, so-and-so, we got so-and-so, you can skip that. And you can go all the way down to the bottom and just keep reading. But I guarantee you, your life will change. And pray, talk to the Lord, tell Him what's on your mind. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't know how to pray, Lord. You just talk to the Lord like He's sitting right next to you. Because He is. And, uh, just talk to him. He's your best friend. He knows more about you than you do. And uh, he wants to talk to you. And uh, so that's important to get with people that love the Lord, to read the word, 
and to keep your conversation going with the Lord. You know, it takes two to communicate. So you need to talk, but then you need to listen and listen for the Lord to speak at you in your inner voice or in your mind. The Lord will speak. And I remember, I'm just going to add this to it, but I'm going to, uh, I remember when I first started uh, living a life with Christ. I thought, well, how do I know it's my thoughts or how do I know it's God telling me his him telling me his words are my words, basically. And so I started kind of challenging the Lord. And I said, Lord, speak to me in words I don't normally say, you know, just words that I never use. So I know it won't be my thoughts. And he did it. He graciously did that for me. And I mean, I had all kinds of huge words thrown at me and I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was the Lord. And the more that you talk to the Lord and, you you know, you talk to the Lord and then you be still and know he's God and you'll hear him and you'll get used to hearing his voice and you'll recognize his voice. And I guarantee you that. And your life will be so much better. It's not like everything will be gone. You won't have tough times of course you will but you'll have the lord to go through them with you he'll go through them with you and he'll protect you and you can cast your cares on him and see that's what i do when when i get all the anxiety that bothers me you know things that are happening to the world and things around me i cast my cares on him because i know he cares for me so i don't worry about anymore because most of the time you can't do anything about it anyway and when is worrying ever did anything for you? It hasn't. And so, uh, you know, we are sojourners here. Our home is in heaven. We're just here. We all have an assignment. And uh, we're here to, uh, you know, I like to call it a mission. We all have a mission to do. And we do. And, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. I'm just going to sit around and wait till the Lord comes. You know, the Lord says, occupy until I come. So there's people that are lost, you know. The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. You see, you've got to go spread the gospel. You have to witness to people within your sphere. You know, you can do your, you can witness by the way you live your life. Uh, You can witness to people at your workplace, your neighbors, your family, your friends, because you know, They're always watching you to see if you're the real deal in this world of phonies and hypocrites. And they're watching you and they'll see if you're the real deal. And so it's important to always have a witness uh, when you're around people. It's important. So anyway, I just wanted to say that and throw that in there. I'd like to thank you again for joining me for this program. I hope that it's been a blessing for you. Join me next week for another empowering and bold topic. Proverbs 28.1 says, The righteous are bold as a lion. We need to be bold in these last days. Boldness is not a personality trait, but acting by the power of the Holy Spirit, by urgent conviction in the face of some threat. We need to pray for a spirit of boldness to come about us. Amen. Now, you can get my books on Amazon or other online venues. 
you can contact me at e by my email at ltims, D-I-M-B-S, at gmail.com. And uh, you can send me your questions or prayer requests. I'd be honored to pray for you. And I'm also available for speaking engagements as well. You can go online and uh, listen to my archives at anchor.fm forward slash empower-radio. You can go on the app, Spotify. It's called Podcasters. It, it has uh, my shows there. I think it has shows back from uh, 2010 or 8 or 9 or, you know. So it's a lot of shows. Or you can just Google my name, Lori, L-O-R-R-I-E, Tim's T-I-M-B-S. And so anyway, you can go on O-T-T-U, Universal Media. I think it's .com. But you can go on there and watch my live broadcast or listen to my archives. You can also go on RCR Network as well and on Empowered. So anyway, please support my ministry. I need your help. I would love to expand this and go to other venues as well. Uh, you can support me on Cash App at dollar sign LLT West. And I sure appreciate it. So until next time, God bless you and Shalom. RTU Media has been operating since September of 2020. Since then, RTU Media has reached over 45 million people through our media outlets. RTU Media is changing for one purpose only, and that purpose is to bring to you the quality and outstanding media that represents our audience. Welcome to the new RTU Media. To hear this and more broadcasts like this one, go to RTU Media from the web. Also, you can find .tu Media on Roku, Amazon Fire, Android, and Apple iOS. This radio network is on .tu Media 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 56 weeks a year. Thank you for your support of .tu Media and this radio network. Thank you for listening to Empowered Radio with Lori Timms. Tune in next time for more bold topics for bold Christians. This broadcast is copyrighted by LLT Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.